0: Beautiful blessings and His grace, His mercy and His forgiveness, but also I also want to dedicate this song to Gildan and Joe, and she texted me this morning. She called before I came into church, and she appreciates all the prayers. Place fill our hearts with your abundant grace.
1: Let our tongues
0: proclaim your praise, Holy Spirit. Come in this place, guide us, Lord. Your love, teach us, Lord, your hope. bond and grace, let our tongues proclaim your praise.
2: Thank you for the songs today. What a joy, and how that they fit with what God has to say to us today. He's already speaking, isn't He? He's already here, and I know you respect and you sense His presence. I want to speak to you out of John's Gospel, chapter 6. There is a miracle in the making. There is a miracle in the making. I wonder how many of us in this room, and you don't have to lift your hand, but I wonder how many of us in this room need a miracle this morning. How many of us need God's hand in our life today? We know he's here. We know he's in us already. But I wonder how many of us are looking for a miracle today. What is a miracle anyway? A miracle is an impossible thing becoming a possible thing. An impossible thing becoming a possible thing. When God makes a way where there is no way. That's a miracle in our life. When God makes provision in our lives. And in times of famine, that's a miracle that God is moving in our hearts and in our lives. Notice what the Bible says in the book of John. In the Bible. The book of John chapter 6, verse 1 following. You remember Jesus has been talking to a multitude of people. And they're with him now and they're hungry. And they're Needing something to eat and set the stage of this miracle that Jesus is about to perform. He gets down to the end of the message and the sermon that he's preaching to the people. And he notices, of course, that they're very hungry and he's very sensitive to their needs. Very sensitive. Remember that he's very sensitive to our needs Not way off somewhere, he's with us, and he's very sensitive to our needs. And he says to his disciples, where are you going to find something to eat? And uh, Philip says, you know, it's a long way to town. All we have is just a few pennies. How are we going to do that? And Jesus went on to say, there's something else. And Andrew says, there's a little boy out here that has some fish, and he has some bread. And Jesus said, that's enough. That's all I need. And the rest of the story is the miracle. Notice what he says. And these things, and after these things, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. Then a great multitude followed him because they saw his signs which he performed on those who were diseased. Now keep that in mind. They have seen miracles. They have seen people touched. And they're following him. And Jesus went up on the mountain, and there he sat down with his disciples. And now to Passover, a feast of Jews was near. Now Jesus was about to do a two-fold He's going to do a miracle, but he's going to do something else. He's going to tell them where the real food comes from. He's going to tell them what he's all about and why he came here. Then Jesus lifted up his eyes and, and he looked out and saw that great multitude of people coming toward him. And he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread that these may eat? He knew what he was doing. He was going to actually test Philip at this moment and uh, test what he felt and to give him a good lesson also in advance. But this he said to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, 200 derail worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may have a little and then one of the disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, and you remember this from chapter 1 of the book of John that Simon, I mean Andrew is the one that was first followed Jesus and then he found his brothers and here he is again, he's leading one of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, "There's a lad here "...who has five barley loaves and two small fish, but what are they among so many?" Then Jesus said, "...make the people sit down." Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down in numbers of 5,000, or their number was about 5,000. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks... He distributed them to the disciples and the disciples to those sitting down and likewise of the fish as much as they wanted. Listen, as much as they wanted. And so when they were filled, he said to the disciples, now go back out there and gather up the fragments that remain so that nothing is lost. Nothing that Jesus does is going to be lost. Miracles are not going to be wasted. Therefore, they gathered them up and filled 12 baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves, which were left over by those who had eaten. Then these men, when they had seen the sign that Jesus did, said, This is truly the prophet who is to come into the world. And therefore, when Jesus perceived that they were about to come and take him by force to make him a king, he departed again to the mountain by himself alone. Now, I'm going to stop there because he does leave. He goes uh, to another place, and then he begins to talk about the bread from heaven, begins to talk about the food. He begins to talk about eternal life, and that's what it's about. If he ever does a miracle... It's more than just doing something for us. If he ever does a miracle and you've ever had a miracle in your life, it's more than your uh, desire. It's more than your, uh, just your physical need. Even though he may touch you and he does touch you physically. We know that he doesn't always seemingly uh, do us all the same. And we question that at times. But he has a need and there is a need and, and he fulfills that need because he knows that there is going to be a message that is going to be delivered. So miracles is those are those things that are impossible that God makes possible in your heart and in your life. Number one thing about a miracle is, whether it's yours or mine or whosoever that God is going to work in, It always begins with a problem. Think about your life. Think about the miracles that you have enjoyed or you have viewed, you have seen over your lifetime. And you're going to see even in the future. They always start at the same place. Miracles start with a problem. If we have a problem, then we're open that we can enjoy or perhaps able to have a miracle. So if you're having a problem today, you're right at the right place for God to do something. He may not do exactly what you ask, but he has something that he's going to do for you. And I guarantee you, it'll be greater perhaps than what you would have desired, even though you have in mind what you would like to have. You'd like to have this uh, uh, done in your life. So miracles always start With a need. What would you call that? What would you talk about? Not only our physical needs, but could it be possible? I ask you and I talk and I just slow down just a moment. And I ask you, do you need a miracle? Are you at a place in your life that you have a need? Then I said that constitutes an opportunity To be able to have that need met in your life. So, if we have come to that place, it could be that we're already right in the midst of that miracle. Now, think about it just a moment. It could be that we're right in the midst of a miracle already, and perhaps we have not recognized it. Maybe it's all around us. We're right in the middle of it. What about your destiny? Your life destiny. What about your future? What about your family? What about your children? Or your job? Or your finances? Or your health? Or other things? Could it be that we are already right in the midst of a miracle? What about Theresa Baptist Church as a whole? Could it be that we are right in the verge of a miracle that we don't understand? We don't even perhaps at this moment. Even foresee, But God has something for Theresa or he has something for you as an individual today that perhaps is greater. And we may be right in the middle of it and we don't see it as well probably at this time. But yet, we have to follow through. We have to continue to follow him. As you follow him. In your miracle, can I warn you? Can I encourage you even at the same time? As you follow him in your miracle, you're going to face some opposition. As God begins to do a work in your life, and he begins to perform a work in your life, a miracle. Remember, a miracle is the impossible becoming the possible with God. Well, let me tell you something, you're going to face some opposition. And it may not be the same opposition every time, and it may not be the same opposition in everyone's life, but I hope that you will realize that as you follow through that there is going to be some opposition. In fact, there is going to be some danger ahead of you as well as you are getting and as God is performing that miracle in your life and in my life. A good illustration of that is Peter. You remember back in in the, the book of Acts, how that Peter was thrown in prison for doing what he was supposed to be doing, sharing Jesus, and I mean, he'd already received miracle after miracle. God had touched his life. Remember, you remember Peter, don't you? Sometimes we see ourselves in Peter. I don't know if you do, but I do. I see myself in Peter. Not that I feel like I have that much power and authority, but I do. You do too. But yet at the same time, I act like Peter sometimes. I do like Peter sometimes. And I don't act just like I ought to at times. But there's times as Peter, as he listened and obeyed God now, This is after Jesus' resurrection. This is after the anointing of the Spirit of God upon his life. He was bold and he wasn't going to back up a bit. And they threw him in prison because he is telling them about Jesus and about why Jesus came. He was there in that dungeon in that jailhouse. You know the story. And over about midnight or morning, an angel of God came upon Peter. Shook him awake. Peter was startled. He didn't really quite understand what was going on. And the angel says, put your coat on and come with me. And Peter, the Bible says, got up and he started with the angel of the Lord. Now he knew that there were guards. He knew that the gate was locked. He knew that he had changed but now they were falling off. So now he was realizing something unusual greater than who he was was happening. It was taking the the impossible and doing the possible with his life. He said, "Come with me." You go with Peter and he starts walking out. He starts moving. God gives him boldness as he walks toward the gates. They just open up and Peter just walks right on through. He gets perhaps to another gate and then the outer gate and they open up and he walks right on through. What am I trying to say to you this morning? And also when he gets to uh, the house where there's prayer, they've been praying for Peter and he knocks on the door and Rhonda comes to the door and she gets afraid because it's Peter it looks like but I'm not sure he's supposed to be in jail. And she runs back in the house and he knocks again and she runs out and they opened the door for him. But now let me back back up just a moment and think of Peter as he's moving forward. There's danger. Not only are there danger, but there's the opposition because you see there's all kind of forces against him. But God is performing a miracle in his life. What kind of miracle is God working in your life? And maybe you're involved in even this moment or you're perhaps going to face in a few days. I just want to warn you, there'll be opposition and danger and other people may not even understand and they may call you foolish. They may call you stupid. They may call you Some other gospel or something. But listen, that's what they were doing to Jesus. And Jesus was saying, you follow me for the food. But I want to tell you something. I have something greater than the food physically. I have a spiritual food for you. And he's saying to you and I, I have a miracle for you today. I don't know who it is. I've been, this message has been mauling over in my heart, my life. For more than a week and God began to continue to move in my heart. And I'm bringing that to you today because God says someone needs a miracle. Now let me tell you something. As Jesus was looking at that crowd, he had compassion. As he looks at us today, he has compassion for you and me. He has compassion for us. There is no problem. There is no problem too big for Jesus to solve. You may feel like you're going through the worst thing in the world. You may feel like that it looks like it's the end of the way. But let me tell you something. There is no problem too big for God. There is no problem greater than God. So that would be number one. There is no problem greater than God. Listen, Jesus was saying to the crowd, or saying to his disciples, sit them down, take the boy's lunch. You know what? When he took that boy's lunch, that didn't make the boy starve. His mom had packed him that little lunch, and he was out there. And here God was using it. Did God instruct the mom to do it? She don't know, maybe. I don't know. But God took the little thing to be able to make something great. So there is no person ever too small for Jesus not to use. First of all, as I said, there is no problem too big for Jesus to solve. And there is no problem, there is no person too small that Jesus can't use in your life. What do you have that may be able to be given to Jesus that would help someone else and would encourage a miracle in their life as well? And it's not going to make you have to struggle with nothing because he's going to bless you. With everything. And then finally, there is no hunger too deep for Jesus to satisfy. He's going to satisfy. The message of the miracle is that I will satisfy with food of life and water of life. I wonder among us here today, who needs a miracle? Whom is God speaking to today and saying to us, I want to give you a miracle? And we may have been struggling with that. Who will receive that miracle before we leave this room today? Who will be prepared to accept what God has for you? I cannot tell you what that is. It's only God that does that you see the disciples were the same they just obeyed God and I'm trying to do the same I told you a moment ago that I had this message or these scriptures on my heart for some time I was talking to my wife on telephone this week and by the way she's here and thank you for praying for her and she jumped through all the hoops this week and on Tuesday she'll be having and I consider it a miracle of a of a lipotripsy, the doctors have the knowledge, God has given them knowledge, by the way, our doctors are Christians, and uh, they trust God, they believe God, and you say, thank you, doctor, and they tell us as they look back at us, don't thank us, thank God, it's about him. And I'm grateful to have that kind of doctor and that kind of place to go for help. So pray for her, God will touch her, we know that he will, and God is going to move Through her life. As Jesus said, come and dine. That's what He's saying to us come and dine. Come and dine and enjoy the table of what I have for you. I'm going to ask my daughter, Crystal, I said to my wife, I said, I'm going to preach Sunday on a sermon called There's a Miracle in the Making. And I said, I wish Crystal could come and sing that song for me. And I was going to do it in the message, and we decided to do it as an invitation. And I'm going to ask my daughter, baby daughter, Crystal, to come as I begin to close this service. And if you just go ahead and come, Crystal. Listen very carefully. Through faith, we have access to the spiritual inheritance that God wants us to walk in or listen very carefully, in our marriages, in our families, our job, and everything else that pertains to our lives. Through faith, we have rest in our souls in the midst of trials and tribulations. Through faith, we have the power to overcome sinful bondages and run the race with endurance. Through faith, we, we are able to release our gifting in God and pursue the ministry he has ordained in our lives. Through faith, we release God's provision for our lives and our families as well. Through faith, we're able to receive the healing and the health that is necessary for our bodies. Through faith, we receive the answers to many of our prayers. No wonder it says that without faith, we can't please God. I wonder who needs a miracle today. As Crystal sings this song of invitation, I want you to stand. And I want you to listen. And if the Holy Spirit is speaking to you today, I'm going to encourage you to respond. We may be able to pray with you today.
1: The crowd was great, but she knew she had to reach him for it was
2: Trust you by here today. Maybe many have already claimed you're very that God's given you today, or maybe He's you're recognizing, "Hey, God's at work, and I'm going to wait on Him. I'm going to listen. I'm going to follow through. I'm not going to let the opposition. I'm not going to let the danger of the devil keep me from enjoying that. I'm going to trust you, Amen." All right, let's join hands together as we close so our service and sing our. Thank mm-hmm. you.